All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Popcorn Isn't Real, starring me, Torvald, and my brother, Leif Eric. Hey there. So today uh, we're going to be talking about Idiocracy. I, I'm a pretty big fan of Idiocracy. I, I think it's a great movie. Um, I like it a lot. I love Brondo. Um, <laughs> I was yeah. a huge fan of Brondo right. when it came out. I was a fan of Brondo before I was a fan of Idiocracy, oddly enough. Yeah, I mean, um, the Brondo videos were the best thing to come out of Idiocracy. Right. Sadly, I've never tasted Brondo. I wanted to, but I couldn't get hold of a pack. But um, anyway, uh, I don't know if you feel the same about Idiocracy as me, but I like it a lot. Um, I think I probably feel a little differently about it. <laughs> but but well, you know what funny. I think as I was rewatching it, I thought to myself, this is a clever movie. Yeah. I don't think that it's necessarily all that funny. A good it's not movie? the sort of movie. That, well, no, it's it's not the sort of movie that I watch and laugh at the jokes. I don't think the jokes are necessarily that funny, but I do think that it's clever. And it's right. a very good uh, social sat- uh, uh, political satire, social satire. Yeah. And um, I also do think it's actually well-written. The main character is good for this story. I think he has a good arc. And for a silly movie, I think it has a pretty good story. Right. Well, what I think is funny about uh, Idiocracy, and I've always kind of thought this, is that it's a hard sci-fi movie. They're basing it in reality and trying to justify everything that's done. And also using science as, or sorry, using their movie as like a look at science and politics and human intelligence and evolution and corporatism, right? But it's masquerading as a lowbrow comedy. Yes. <laughs> like, which is really funny because it's like, it's an intellectual movie. But it's acting like a movie for idiots, which is one of the funniest things about it. (laughs) That's part of why I like it, because it's very on point for this movie, right? (laughs) Yeah. I think it's a really good movie. I think it's really ahead of its time. Uh, It was released in 2006. Um, I don't know if you mentioned this, but it's written and directed by Mike Judge. King of the Hill, right? Yes. uh, King of the Hill and tons of other stuff. And and Um, Beavis and Butthead and and stuff like that. No, I mean, he's he's prolific. The dude has done tons of stuff. No, he's he's cool. He, he he knows comedy. He knows good comedy. And I don't know if this movie's good comedy, but it certainly is smart. And one yeah, one interesting thing about this movie is they've got just like copious amounts of product placement. Like you've got <laughs> tons of companies and they're all portrayed in like a really less than flattering light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you got Carl's Jr., Fuddruckers, Costco, H&R Block, Starbucks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, all these companies are in the movie with their real names. So they, they okayed this with the companies. Did they get money? I mean, is that how they got funding? Cause a lot of times that's how so. you get funding. Like the right. secret life in- of, Walter Mitty was funded almost exclusively by Cinnabon and uh, Match.com or one of those like dating sites, which they like oh, shill hard for in like every single scene of that movie. It's a good movie, but anyway. <laughs> I mean, so the, the, story for, uh, the story for Idiocracy is I, I don't think they were getting money like The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, but I guess the lawyers were talking to Mike Judge and they were like, well, it would help, like it would help us to push this through if you didn't just pick one company, if you, you know, did this to more than one company. <laughs> so that's why he was like, all right, instead of just Carl's Jr. throwing Fuddruckers, Costco, <laughs> Starbucks, right? And basically, I, th- I think the idea was if we can get them all on board, as long as it's like a blanket deal and you're making fun of all the companies, then everyone's cool with it, <laughs> right? All right. But, but then, apparently on release, like, Fox just buried the movie. 
Um, like it, it sat finished, shelved <laughs> for a year. <laughs> like they didn't release it. <laughs> they just sat on it. Yeah. I realize now when I rewatched it that I had never seen that whole movie, though I had seen parts of it several times because oh. it played on Whoa. TV. Well, I'd that's seen like the, the end way and middle of it like it two or three out. times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'd never even once seen the beginning of that movie. It's, it's interesting because, th- like I said, they shelved it for a year. They sent out no press kits, nothing. <laughs> they had no actors doing interviews or anything. <laughs> like, no one talked about this movie until they suddenly released it on 1st of September 2006 to only 130 theaters. And none of them okay. were in, like, big markets like San Francisco. No, <laughs> we don't need this movie premiering just in, like, Hollywood. <laughs> nah, <laughs> right? Like, it was just a minuscule release. It was teeny tiny. And supposedly, like, this was an executive decision. That's, that's, it was just passed down the chain. Like, we're going to do a small release for this movie. And some journalists have theorized that some of the sponsors were maybe put off and unhappy about the way their products were placed and or sorry, the way their products were portrayed and they made some phone calls to the higher up executives at Fox and, you know, got them to bury it. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, other people believe that the studio was just like doing the bare minimum to fulfill their contract obligation with uh, with Mike Judge, um, which required the movie to have a quote unquote theatrical release before being sold to DVD. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like you can't say it didn't have a theatrical release. It was in theaters. OK, <laughs> but uh well, that's anyway, a good, that's no a good theory. Sure. I mean, the, the thing is, I, I got no more backing than that. Just the movie's yeah. pitiful, <laughs> pitiful release. Well, I mean, it, it is, it's interesting how the movie has managed to find such a large cult following. Like, everybody right. knows the movie Idiocracy, who is at least, you know, kind of uh, grew up around that time. Like, even, like, a, our grandpa knows the movie Idiocracy and mentions yeah. it sometimes, you know? And I remember it was weird. Like, when I first heard of the movie, it must have been, like, 2006 or 2007, and I first heard of it, and I was like, well, that's weird. This must be like an old movie, but it seems new, <laughs> right? I was like, right, I've never yeah. heard of it being released, so it must be old. But no, you're right. Like, people know it. People have heard of it. And, uh, you know, people... Oh, one more thing. Um, it's just to make matters even worse for the movie. Even people who wanted to see it might not have been able to, because I guess in the theaters it came out in, they didn't list it correctly with movie phone. Um, oh no yeah they had it listed on movie phone as untitled mike judge comedy Uh, (laughs) so if people were like i want to see idiocracy like we're not showing idiocracy even though they were showing idiocracy they'd be like the movies we're showing today are untitled mike judge comedy (laughs) that's what they called it right (laughs) like a certain audience of people do definitely know who Mike Judge is, but I don't think he's like right, a household but, name, you know? Like, no, and, and oh, this was yeah, like a new this, Mike Judge film. <laughs> this was almost certainly an accident or a malicious accident, right? But it it wasn't supposed to be titled Untitled Mike Judge Comedy right. <laughs> in like theater listings. That, that was not supposed to be. <laughs> but anyway, poor movie really, really had a tough time on release. And I, I'm glad that it has, you know, developed such a such a wealth of followers of people who like it and enjoy it. I think it's a good movie and I think it deserves recognition at least. So yeah, what's the story of, uh, what's the story of idiocracy? Do you want to walk us through it or should I walk us through it? Yeah. I mean, I can give a quick one. Uh, it's, uh, about, I mean, the basic Futurama setup of a guy who's average, who gets frozen and sent forward in time. 
Um, but due to a mistake, forward a lot further than he intended, along right. with... 500 years into the future. I forget I his name. A, a lot. <laughs> but his yeah. name is Joe. Joe and Rita. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> go yeah, forward Rita. in time. I remember Rita. I just couldn't remember Joe. Um, so yeah, Joe and Rita go forward in time uh, to a time where everyone's stupid. And they're... Right. I mean, what's the story after that? They're trying to get back, well, but not very hard I mean, and not very well. And right, because they, they they're up, also stupid. <laughs> and then they end up working for the president, and uh, then they save the world. Right. Well, I mean, it's important to note that the reason everyone's stupid, according to this movie, is that smart people are less likely to breed, and dumb people are more likely to breed. So... Given enough time, the world will be filled with dumb people and no smart people will be left. That's, that's the idea behind the movie. Right. Um, and like you said, Joe and Rita want to get back in time. They hear there's a time machine. They end up working for President Dwayne Alonzo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho, um, who we're going to talk about later. And uh, he finds out that, uh, that Joe is the smartest person in the world and he tasks him with solving the famine. Yeah, basically... He says that they need to stop watering plants with energy drinks, and then that works, <laughs> and that's the movie, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a simple story, I guess, but uh, maybe it goes a little deeper, because uh, I have a theory that Idiocracy, uh, the president in this movie, Dwayne Alonzo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho, who I'll refer to as Camacho from now on, well, seemingly you know, an inept, narcissistic president um, of an ignorant society. My theory is that he was actually a portrayal of the perfect president or leading political figure. And I, uh, I believe that I have the facts to back this up. So I just want to make a note that um, this theory about President Camacho, uh, it's, it's all over Reddit. Um, it's been talked up and down and in and out and people have discussed it all over. I didn't come up with it, um, but I do buy into it and I loved researching it. I think it's a great theory. So um, I'm going to take you through point by point, just explaining the reasons that I think Camacho is a good leader. Now, first of all, throughout the movie, he is a positive, energetic force of nature, right? Like he's, he's motivated and he knows how to motivate his base. Uh, and he pushes continually to change things to help the people. He's not just sitting mm -hmm. on his butt. He's not just trying to cover his butt, right? Like he's, he's trying to help people. Yeah. And he's trying to motivate them. He's, okay. he's doing his job, right? Yeah. So President Camacho, he recognizes that society is facing an insurmountable problem. And more importantly, he recognizes that Joe is smarter than him. Instead of suppressing Joe's knowledge and Joe's predictions of troublesome times for the people and stuff, he hires Joe to his cabinet. He gives him responsibilities, resources, a public platform to make any policy changes or announcements necessary. Um, now, I just want to emphasize that President Camacho, he sought out the most intelligent person in the world and placed him in a position to solve the greatest problem society was facing, the big uh -huh. famine, right? Like yes. no one had any food. Right. And furthermore, he set actionable, time-constrained objectives for Joe's research and held him accountable for lack of progress at the end, right? Yeah. And even more amazingly, in my opinion, after scrapping Joe's project and punishing Joe due to a complete failure to meet you know, the milestones and also the major negative economic consequences that Joe's project yes. incurred, President Camacho was still willing to reevaluate the situation given you know, further uh, evidence and further results. And he recognized Joe's success in the end and even reinstated him. 
right? Mm-hmm. So I think this, you know, Camacho is a fair guy. So then at the end of the movie, after it was all over, after Camacho had led his nation to success, he willingly and happily seceded power to Joe, <laughs> even acknowledging him and raising a glass to him on live TV at Joe's inauguration speech. I think mo- a lot of people watch this movie and think Camacho is supposed to represent like a bad pr- president. Like he's supposed to represent an idiot in an idiot world. And, you know, in, in real life, there are, you know, narcissistic and inadequate presidents who may attempt to do things, or uh, not presidents, but leaders who may attempt to do things to prolong their reign, like, you know, canceling elections or meddling with elections or, you know, delaying elections or eliminating the right to vote for certain people or eliminating um, mail-in votes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, like there, there are politicians who would do anything in their power to stop whoever is coming after them. Right. Camacho didn't do it. He's more like a, he's less like a Trump, more like a President Bush, who is like maybe not the smartest guy, but uh, he's at least maybe I mean, trying harder than, say, I, Trump. <laughs> I wouldn't even say he's like a President Bush because I think he's a better leader and makes uh, better decisions than most presidents. Like I said, I think that he is supposed to be the personification of the perfect president. Okay. Um, like he is a good leader, and not necessarily smart, but a good leader and able to make the right decisions to help his people, right? Okay. So, um, I mean, I'll, I'll sum it up for you. I think President Camacho is the polar opposite of modern politicians. He didn't smear or reject people who disagreed with them. He listened to them. He gave them visibility. He didn't fear people who were more intelligent than him. Instead, he sought them out and gave them jobs and resources. He didn't tolerate failure, but he was willing to review and revise his expectations um, just, you know, in the face of new information. Mm-hmm. I think he was a patriotic, goal-driven, insightful, motivated, people-serving, badass president who did not allow his mental capacity <laughs> to hamper his ability to lead. Yeah. I think he made good decisions for the sake of his people consistently. Okay. Well, he definitely is patriotic. So, uh, I'll agree on that. He's very patriotic. <laughs> so... First of all, Joe, in prison, at, at, at some point in the movie, gets arrested, goes to prison. He takes an IQ test, and that concludes that he's the smartest person in the world. Somehow, President Camacho had a system in place so that he was notified immediately of Joe's yeah. amazing prison IQ test result. Now, I don't think the president is normally notified about random prison IQ tests, no matter how high they are, right? Right. So, I mean, somehow he was looking for smart people. And this is one of the weird things, I mean, it just touches a little bit on one of the weird things about the world of idiocracy, that it seems to be a world of just like terrible late stage capitalism. And yet (laughs) it also has a lot of the elements of like rampant, terrible, late stage, like bureaucracy, like socialism yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> no, it's I, it's I got agree. both of those, those kind of <laughs> two sides of the coin. A little combative. Yeah. Like they, they, they've, they've got like some sort of free market system where the, the, the companies were allowed to essentially take over everything, but they also have a police state where everything is monitored and everyone's barcoded. And yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's kind of interesting, interesting. Well, world they have. and I think that kind of comes from like, I mean, uh, Mike judge, he's a good comedy writer. Like he's solid. And I think he knows how to play both sides, right? Like if you're going to make fun of one side, you got to right. make fun of the other side. 
So he's, I think he's giving everyone a turn, which good yeah. comedians do, right? No, yeah. And I do think, and I think that it was a good choice because idiocracy can certainly appeal to people on any side of the political spectrum. Yeah, yeah except for, I Fox. mean, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, well, like <laughs> us watching it, you know, we would say, like, oh man, it's probably, probably like those dumb conservatives. Well, they're the ones, that's what happened if they ruled the world. But like, I mean, right. our grandpa has watched this movie and he yeah, feels and strongly the, the same way, but he's very <laughs> conservative. So clearly he's thinking, man, those dumb liberals are controlling the world. Yeah. That's how it would end up. So. Yeah, there's something here for everyone. No, I think I think it's a very interesting point. <laughs> okay, back to the uh, back to the plot of the movie. So, President Camacho hears about Joe's amazing IQ test. He immediately brings him to the White House and calls what he says is a summit with the smartest man in the world. He literally walks up to Joe, takes one look at him, and swears him in as the Secretary of Interior. I don't know if this shows that he's like thorough at vetting his candidates. But, it, you know, based on what he knew, which is Joe is the smartest man on earth, he immediately gave him the job of Secretary of Interior. Mm-hmm. So I think that shows that he is proactive and he acts on information which he believes is in the best interest of not himself, but his country. Right? Okay. And I think these are qualities of a good leader. Um, a lot of people, if, if you look at, like, um, leadership... Uh, leadership self-help books and stuff like that, like these uh, books to teach you how to be a good leader, most of them will say any decision is better than no decision, right? And in this case, Camacho was making what he believed to be the best decision at the time, and he was doing it fast, right? Yeah. I think think that's a good quality, and in this case, it paid off. Now, I'm not saying that he does everything right all the time, and in this scene... Uh, actually there's, there's evidence of like, you know, maybe nepotism and stuff, uh, in his, uh, in his cabinet. Right. Uh, the secretary. Certainly sexism. Oh well, yeah, definitely <laughs> sexism. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, so there's the sexism that you alluded to, but also the secretary of defense, he points out the secretary of education and he says he's kind of stupid, but he's Camacho's stepbrother. Still, he does a pretty good job, eh? So, I mean, like, you know. If everyone agrees that that guy is stupid, maybe he shouldn't be the Secretary of Education. <laughs> but I guess right. they also thought he did a good job, so maybe maybe he was qualified by their standards. I don't know. Right. Um, but but I'm, I mean, I'm not that is to... one slight strike against him that he's apparently hiring his cousin for a job. Yeah. He's well, not no, qualified. Stepbrother. Stepbrother. Sorry. But wait, uh, just your small point about the there's a system in place to identify and report the smartest person in the world to the president. I don't know if that necessarily counts as a point in Camacho's favor, because it really does seem like there are a lot of systems in place in this world that could not have been set up by the current people running it, right? Like, there are a lot of very smart systems in place that uh, these people don't even seem to know how they work or why they work. They just kind of do work. So it kind of seems like there maybe at one point were, were smart people putting some of this weird structure in place. Um, but, and now everyone's sort of forgotten how, but they just continue running kind of like the barcodes themselves. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, how they tattoo it on. And there's like a mm-hmm. system of identifying everyone, but it doesn't seem to matter to them. Right. Like it's, it matters to the system and the system was not made by them. Right. No. And I, I agree with this. And I, I think this is actually a really good point. And 
I would still count this as a positive for Camacho because he may not have built the system, but he understood it and he understood the the importance, right? The urgency behind it. Uh, he acted right away. I would almost compare this to another movie and another theory I'd like to get into someday, which is Wally. I think that's a very similar situation where the ship has been, you know, right. in space for thousands of years and people have evolved to not be able to even walk. So, like, humanity is basically a different species by the time of Wally. And there's systems on the ship that none of them built and none of them understand. But the captain right. understands the importance and takes action right. when he realizes what it means that there's a plant. And I think this is similar to that. Um, and I think most people would agree the captain of the ship in Wally, he was a good captain, right? Like, he, he, was, he was kind of the hero of that movie. If if you ask me, <laughs> but, um, yeah. All right, he was right. a hero of that movie, I guess. Moving on, so Camacho he calls a press conference with the senators. Um, he acknowledges uh, in in his speech, uh, quoting him, he says, "Shit's bad right now with all the starving bullshit, the dust storms. We're running out of sandwiches and burrito coverings." Is burrito coverings is that referring to what you wrap it in? I think or is it's it referring tortillas. To a tortillas. <laughs> I think he meant tortillas, but I mean, this is the future. We don't know. Maybe there's different words for things. Because, yeah, a drought wouldn't stop them from having, like, wrappings. No. <laughs> but it might stop them from having tortillas. I'm, fair, I, I'm fairly certain he meant tortillas, but we can't know for sure. <laughs> but it, this shows that he, he understands the problem and is openly addressing it, right? Like, he, he gets it. Yeah. You know, this isn't like a, a politician who's trying to hide the problem. He gets it and he's talking about it. And also, he says he has a solution, at which point one of the senators, there's an outburst where the senator says, what about your last solution? And Camacho has to calm him down with a burst from his machine gun. Um, I think this is also good. This shows that Camacho is trying things, right? <laughs> like, this isn't his only solution. I mean, this guy who isn't the smartest person in the world is actively proposing new solutions to this big problem that he doesn't know how to fix, right? Yeah. Okay. And, and then he, he presents his, what he calls a three-point plan to fix everything. Uh, at this point, I, I have to note that Joe, in the future, his name is registered as not sure. Um, right. So if I ever say not sure, it's not because I'm not sure, it's because that's his name. So Camacho's three-point plan is, number one, we got this guy, not sure. Number two, he's got a higher IQ than any man alive. Number three, he's going to fix everything. <laughs> right. So that, that's, uh, <laughs> that's his three-point plan. And okay. it may not be the most uh, you know, eloquent or all-encompassing plan, but I have to admit there are three points in that plan. You know, it's simple, but it's logical. <laughs> and yeah. every point is backed up by actual facts. <laughs> okay? Right, right, <laughs> so, right. Like, no, you're right. The, that is a good three-point plan. You're right. As it is far a very as the definition plan. of a three-point plan is concerned. If only our current president would do that. <laughs> we'd be like, hey, right. this Anthony Fauci guy, we got him. He's smart. Point three, we're going to do what he says. <laughs> no, exactly. That's what I'm saying is he doesn't understand this stuff, but he is logical and level-headed enough to come up with a real plan that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not complicated, but it makes sense and it's backed up by facts. Okay. <laughs> this is a good thing, right? He's a he's a good leader. And also 
if he's you know if he dived into a big complex three point plan, he wouldn't be a good leader because his people don't understand that stuff. Yeah, which is why uh, Joe keeps having problems, right? Whereas uh, Camacho, he knows how to talk to his base, he knows how to motivate them. I, I think mm-hmm. he's doing a good job at it too. Yeah. So Joe does some research. At some point in the movie, he presents an idea that they should water the crops with water instead of Brondo. If you listen closely at the movie, Brondo employs 50% of the country's population and owns the FDA and the FCC. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I mean, Brondo is a force of nature. Like, they, it is a massively powerful company. And Joe says, hey, let's impose strict regulations on Brondo. Camacho immediately does it. He enacts the regulations against Brondo. He forbids them from dumping their product onto crops. And this causes Brondo stocks to tank and there's massive layoffs and you know, economic turmoil. So this shows that Camacho is willing to fight a massively powerful corporation with huge pull, like politically, economically, they could pr- probably do anything they want. He was willing to fight them and also the branches of government, namely the FDA and the FCC, to enact regulations to save his people. But I feel like the movie implies that he didn't know that's what he was doing because he's not smart enough to know that's what he was doing, right? Because he's very surprised when, by putting regulations on someone, this this company that owns almost everything and employs almost everyone, their economy tanks, right? So I don't know that he knew he was going head to head with the most powerful people in the world. I think he just kind of just did it because Joe's smart and I'm not. So I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, is he surprised though? We don't really get to see Camacho's reaction to this because the narrator launches up and then, uh, what's his name? Joe is is pulled into a trial. We right. don't really get to see Camacho's reaction. We don't know if he's surprised or not. Okay. Okay, so the plants didn't grow right away and everyone was mad because they all lost their jobs. So they take Joe to court. They sentence him to one day of rehabilitation, uh, which just means getting smushed by monster trucks. And we don't know how involved Camacho was in this, but we know that he was sitting in the crowd at rehabilitation enjoying himself. So we can at least say that he supported it. And I will say that he rightfully supported it because so far, all that had come from Joe's decision was bad things, right? Like (laughs) he gave it a shot and Joe's decision destroyed the country. So now he's being held accountable. And the way he's being held accountable, you know, is alien to us, but seems to be very normal to them. (laughs) So this may be a cultural difference. Um, I just, I do want to note though, apparently it would have been possible for Joe to quote unquote win rehabilitation (laughs) and also like probable because they say that they got the only undefeated rehabilitation officer ever in history to come out of retirement to face him. (laughs) <laughs> Which means every other rehabilitation officer has been killed, I guess, <laughs> like yeah, or, or beaten at least. At least. Defeated, yeah. So at the end of the movie, uh, Rita shows President Camacho uh, evidence of the crops growing. When he sees it, Joe is about to be killed by the rehabilitation officer in the arena. Mm-hmm. President Camacho leaps from the bleachers into the arena, into the gladiator pit. He tackles the rehabilitation officer who's about to kill Joe grabs the microphone and announces, this guy just got his ass a pardon. He's publicly and visibly showing his support of Joe and rewarding Joe's intelligence. He's giving Joe credit here. He's not trying to hoard it or, you know, enrich himself from this situation in any way. Well, sorry, just having to do with credit, it just made me think, should Camacho not have 
taken some of the blame for Joe's failure rather than just sending Joe to the arena to die, right? He did hire yeah, I mean, this guy and he okayed the plan, you know? So as the president, isn't it kind of his fault? Yes, it's possible. But also, if you're the president and you hire the most qualified people in the world to find out how to do a job and they tell you 100% certain, do it this way, it will help the people and it doesn't work, is it really your fault? Like, you don't understand this stuff. You hired the most qualified people in the world to figure it out for you because you don't know it, right? Like, mm. I mean, this is like uh, if the, the CEO of a company was expected to figure out how to, like, design a car, right? Like, that's not his job. He, hired, he hires the people who, who are qualified to do it. Yeah, and it could uh, also be, like, uh, if a president hired someone who did a bad job, the president might take some blame for that, but also he would fire that person. And their version of firing that person is rehabilitation. Is killing him, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and in, our, in our world today, if the president has a cabinet that does a bad job, you expect the president to fire them and get a new cabinet. You don't expect the president to necessarily resign, but you right. do expect him to answer to the voters at the next election, yeah. right? I just thought of something. Camacho appoints yeah. Joe to be his vice president. <laughs> Is that something you can even do? Like in our current... I don't know. <laughs> you, are you stuck with your, your current vice president that you ran with? So here's my, my knowledge of this. If the president is incapacitated or killed, then he is replaced by the vice president. If the vice president is incapacitated or killed, he is replaced... Or sorry, he or she. He or she is replaced by the speaker of the house and then on down the line. Not the Secretary of Interior. What? No, not the Secretary of Interior. <laughs> no, I don't know much more than that, and this is just stuff I've heard. But um, I assume if the vice president is fired for whatever reason, then they would automatically be replaced by the Speaker of the House, and they would become the vice president. But okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> All right. But I mean, their world's different. I was just wondering. Anyway. Yeah, in, in their world, this works. But yeah, so he... Uh, they have a party. He, uh, Camacho makes some presidential decrees. He says, I've decided to make this man the man who solved all our problems. I have decided to make him my new vice president. Um, once again, he's giving Joe all the credit. He publicly acknowledges him on TV as this man, the man who solved all our problems. Right? Like, I think most leaders would embellish this a bit, right? Like, they would say... You know, today is a great day for our country. Under my leadership, we have done this, yeah. right? Like they mm -hmm. wouldn't even necessarily acknowledge the scientist who came up with the solution. Yeah. At this point, we find out that uh, there are many other problems. Um, they've got garbage avalanches, a bad economy, <laughs> nuclear reactor meltdowns or leaks yeah. in Georgia, Florida, <laughs> and maybe Georgia or maybe Georgia both. is in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not sure. There may be two. Nuclear reactor leaks. <laughs> but anyway, uh, they want to put toilet water on all of it. <laughs> Possibly not a bad idea. Probably better than doing nothing. I, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's good that they have Joe. I don't think Joe is really equipped to solve all those problems, though. But I mean, uh, He must have. He got elected president. <laughs> he at least tried. But anyway, I think all of this shows that uh, Camacho... He may not be the smartest guy, but he is a good leader. 
I mean, I agree with you. I do think he's, for that specific world, he was a very good leader. And among all this, the less than smart people in that world, he was certainly smarter than some and able to use Joe uh, to save the day. So I agree with you. All right. So now I can get into my second theory, which is uh, I want to discuss Camacho's political leanings. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this by saying that all of my interpretations are relative to the world that Camacho is in, to whatever future world that he is in, which is not our world. Okay. Okay. Um, I believe that Camacho is a Democrat. Um, I believe that he is at least a liberal president and is a Democrat. Camacho is an intellectual president. You said he's one of the smarter people in the movie. I would argue that President Camacho is the smartest person that Joe meets in the entire movie. Yeah. No, I mean, there's no arguing with that. Absolutely. So Camacho, you know, he may look kind of stupid to us, but he is undoubtedly an intellectual of his time. Now, I didn't notice this ever before, but while watching it this time, I noticed that Joe spends the entire movie among the upper crust and most educated and top rung of society. Joe is exclusively in big cities, Washington, D.C., the White House. He's constantly interacting with just the best of the best that society has to offer. He speaks with doctors, lawyers, judges, White House cabinet members, scientists, right? Like, when's the last time you talked to any of those people in a social environment? All the people that he speaks with, like, they're the top of the top. Just because they don't look like it to us doesn't mean they aren't from that time, right? And they all think he's a hoity-toity, pompous, you know, douchebag weirdo. He interacts with a, just a few people who are probably maybe in the lower rung of intelligence. Uh, he interacts with a policeman. <laughs> um, all the policeman does is he puts him, he puts Joe in the car. And then when Joe talks to him, he says, what? <laughs> Turns back and pepper sprays him. And then does that for the rest of the trip. <laughs> Even though Joe's not talking anymore, he just keeps saying, what? And pepper spraying him. <laughs> Which I thought was a pretty good commentary on what police do. <laughs> but no, I mean, the policeman, I think you could count as someone who is, is not necessarily highly educated. And this shows that this policeman was a barely functional person, right? Like he couldn't carry on a conversation, at least from what we saw. Or another person we see in the movie who is not upper class, but maybe rich, <laughs> is the guy who wants to buy Rita's services. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He is, you know, so dumb that he doesn't understand that the act of waiting for sex is not a pleasurable experience. <laughs> <laughs> and so Rita's able to charge him for several days of her services while not providing any. <laughs> yeah. The people in this movie who are not high positioned or high ranking people are very, very inept and can't even manage Right. Whereas Joe's best friend, Frito, he's a lawyer. Right. And not only that, he went to Costco. Right. Like he was an educated lawyer who got his degree at Costco and only because his dad had connections. And uh -huh. he's saying this because he knows it's a big deal. Right. Like he has the wherewithal to actually go and get an education, but also to tote it. Right. Like to tell people about it. Like I think Frito is a very smart man in this world, <laughs> from what we see. Okay. And Camacho makes Frito look like an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, most sure. people make Frito look <laughs> like an idiot. Joe can barely talk to Frito; he's so stupid. But Camacho, he holds meaningful conversations and gets stuff done. <laughs> like, what does Joe? 
appoint Frito to be when Joe is president? Is he appoint him to be his vice, vice president? Yeah. <laughs> Why yes. would he do that? <laughs> He's one of the smartest people <laughs> Joe knows. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. So yeah, knowing just how stupid everybody is in this universe, look at them and then look at Camacho. He's an intellectual of his time. He makes three-point plans to stop the famine. He backs them up with actual evidence. No one else in this movie ever like gives a reason for anything besides Frito saying, I like sex and I like money, <laughs> right? Like yeah. Camacho's not appealing to the masses or the rural yokels. He's a thinking man's president. I, in researching this, I found some, uh, extra, some extra material where uh, President Camacho, he actually appeared in five shorts back in 2012, as well as a, uh, a question and answer session, a live Q&A session. Wait, in 2012? Um, yes. <laughs> so six years after the movie released. Yes. And these <laughs> okay. shorts and the Q&A session... I guess, were written by Mike Judge. Okay. So, and Terry Crews was President Camacho right, yeah. in them. So these are... Great actor. Canon. <laughs> he is a great actor. I love Terry yeah. Crews. But these are, these are completely canon. And just to give you some background, supposedly, so this is in our time. Like, this is President Camacho in 2012. He traveled back in time when, in a cage match with the Grand Poobah of Europe, whoever that is, President Camacho threw a punch that was so fast that he busted through the space-time continuum on, as he quoted it, some Einstein shit and ended up in 2012 <laughs> and decided to engage in politics. Okay. <laughs> well. So in that, during the Q&A session, someone asked him what his favorite weapon is. And he says, the thing I use to battle my enemies is the mind. I don't let them play games with the mind. You can't break me down. And I thought that was really interesting that this guy, this big buff you know, former wrestler, former right. porn star, when asked what his favorite weapon is, this guy who's constantly shooting his, right. you know, machine gun in the air, he says his favorite weapon is his mind. Okay. And generally, a president who attempts to appeal to intellectuals rather than, you know, uneducated people, those tend to be Democrats. Another point here is that Camacho is for big government and corporate regulations, <laughs> which is very Democrat Definitely. and very non-Republican. Do right? you have any theories on his stance on like fossil fuels? I believe that Camacho is a green president. He at least is environmentally conscious because in one of these shorts, when he's asked about jobs, um, the camera zooms out to show that he has four guys carrying the throne he's sitting in. And he says that he has them there to create four jobs and also because it's good for the environment. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, it's true. I mean, he's, he's toting green. his environmentalism. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting to note while I was watching the movie that even in a world where trash is, is overtaking, trash avalanches are commonplace occurrences um, and trash just seems to be overtaking the world, uh, their cars are apparently all electric Oh yeah, um, <laughs> I didn't notice. I I think I might maybe I'm wrong, but I think when Frito's car breaks down and won't work, I yeah. swear Joe says the battery's dead, which would imply that it because I mean it was going. I mean, I don't know. Maybe 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 they're not well, electric, how, but they're small. They look Joe electric. Know, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they're small. They look electric. No, um, you know, you're right. You're, I mean. Frito says that they turn off the power to his car. Oh, right, right, yeah, that, that's exactly. And you couldn't, and you couldn't really 
do that. Well, maybe you could do that with a with a gas power. Unless, you know, if the motor was connected to a computer, but if yeah. it's not, then you couldn't do it. So yeah, that, that's um, what it was. That was that he says they turn off the power to my car, and I assumed that meant it was electric. Although when so, they shoot shoot it with tons of right, machine guns, it does say, explode. Not to, <laughs> not to argue against my own point, but that car exploded pretty big, implying it was full of gasoline or something flammable. <laughs> but um, all right, so no, I agree. the The vehicles in that movie did look like electric vehicles. They were very small. Yeah, um, small, <laughs> compact. Not not that electric vehicles have to be small, but right. You know, even if they were gas powered they might get better mileage being small <laughs> yeah anyway camacho wants the u.s out of the middle east um which is a very democratic stance right uh when discussing the war in the middle east he says who cares about the middle east uh, he says he cares about what's happening here in america <laughs> and then he says he wants to end the war in the middle east bring our troops home to overthrow Mexico and Canada, and then Alaska, <laughs> which uh, may imply that in the future, Alaska is no longer part of the U.S., <laughs> or that he doesn't know that it's part of the U.S. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, anyway, I don't know if overthrowing Mexico and Canada are necessarily democratic, but definitely getting the U.S. out of the Middle East uh, tends to be a more democratic stance. Now, Camacho, and this I think is very big, Camacho, he proposed a universal basic income which is oh. very not Republican. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, in his uh, video that he made about the economy, he says, uh, why do politicians always talk about jobs? Nobody wants jobs. People don't need jobs. People need money. <laughs> he says, Camacho is going to give every single American $1 million. <laughs> this is a UBI. That's what it's a, this is universal basic, uh, basic income. Yeah. That's what he's describing. Well, I mean, and, and uh, from the world of idioc idiocracy, a million dollars is very basic income. Like, it's almost nothing for them. <laughs> <laughs> right. So he says, there ain't going to be no more one percenters. Everyone's going to be million percenters. <laughs> and then everybody going to be rich and nobody going to have any more problems. And you ain't got to worry about no damn health care or nothing. So he wants universal basic income and health care for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's just very, very democratic. Right. right. But it raises the question then, what are they satirizing here? I don't know. <laughs> 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 like, are they making fun of Democrats and universal basic income? I, I think so, oddly <laughs> enough. Another thing that Camacho wants to do, Camacho wants to tax the rich. He had a video on taxes, and he says he wants to get rid of income tax and replace it with an outgo tax. <laughs> and outgo tax means that every time you take a dump, he's taxing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but his reasoning behind this was, it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, young or old, smart or dumb, the government is taxing your excrement. <laughs> He, he believes that this will level the playing field as the rich can no longer evade taxes, right? It doesn't yeah. matter if you're rich or poor, everybody <laughs> craps, so everyone's going to pay. Um, and then, the, so he, he went over that in a special outgo tax video. Then later in the live Q&A, he made what I thought was a brilliant reference to it, because this is live and unscripted. Um, this is just Terry Crews answering questions on Twitter. Um, someone asked him something, and then... He gave, I think, more insight into what he thought of his outgo tax. He started talking about, he was actually talking about like meal sizes. And he was saying he wants lots of food, he eats a lot. But then he said, 
I go to the movies, I order 17 cups of soda. I drink them down and then I pay my taxes. And I thought that was a really good callback. Because <laughs> he, he hadn't even been talking about his outgo tax. He just brought that in out of nowhere. <laughs> but I mean, you could take from this that he thinks, you know, rich people are going to eat more and drink more and therefore will pay more taxes, right? Yeah, <laughs> like they can't escape the taxes. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, Camacho wants, he wants to tax the rich. But also, uh, in the live Q&A, he reveals that he has no parents. He was orphaned at birth. A foster kid from the day he was born, ward of the state for 18 years, which he, he says, America made me. He was in juvie at some point. Uh, he didn't really expand on that, but, you know, he's, a, he's an offender, <laughs> right? Um, he basically worked his way from the bottom to the top as he put it, Um, which I think makes him, uh, you know, being such a minority. (laughs) I think this makes him not a very Republican candidate. Right. He's not like, uh, you know, Bush, who basically is just doing the same thing as his dad or Trump. Right. He's not living off of any anyone's money. (laughs) Right. Anyway, I think that's about all I have. Another thing. uh, Someone asked him about (laughs) ugly women, and he said there ain't no such thing as an ugly woman. Uh, He says, I left porn because I was being objectified. I think that's interesting. Like, he he has some, he believes in, uh, if if not women's rights, he believes in people's rights and, you know, treating people like people. Um, And then he says, every woman is beautiful. And then he says he has 18 wives and 47 kids, which I don't know how to interpret because I'm not from his time period. <laughs> but, right. um, so, yeah, I think I've put forth ample evidence to show that Camacho, at least in his own universe, is a Democrat. Yeah, <laughs> um, I agree with you. Now, we know he's pro-gun, just to give some counterpoints to my own argument. We know he's pro-guns, but I, I kind of let that slide <laughs> just because it seems to be a very pro-gun world he lives in. But I, well, I I wonder about that. It seemed like only government people had guns. Was there? Oh yeah, any, you're right. No, there, I were, don't there was no anyone else non-police ever or a gun. non-politician who had a gun. So you're, I mean, it definitely so maybe seems guns like they're heavily regulated. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's a military state where people right. are not allowed to buy guns, but the government certainly is allowed to have them. Well, there you go. <laughs> He's the Democrat. <laughs> All right. Now I want to just mention, so these shorts and this Q&A, they came out in 2012. And I kind of think he was parodying Obama, sort of. Right. Because, you know, Obama was president at the time. Uh, I think he was kind of like, I don't know, making, making light of Obama's stances and showing like an extremist version of them. But I'm not sure because like his... Camacho's stances don't map one-to-one with Obama's, no. <laughs> so I, I don't really know. Um, but anyway, I mean, his, his stances are definitely more Democratic than Republicans, so he must have been trying to right. be Democratic. I, mean, I don't know. Well, something to note about this is almost all of those videos are, you can't get them anymore. They're all down. They were on uh, Funny or Die. Um, they're basically inaccessible now. They took down most of them. I think there's... Uh, the Middle East one is still up, and then one other one. The, uh, the elections one was still up where, uh, where he talks about... I, I kind of took this to mean that he's not, like, conservative-minded because he, he says, what are these other politicians talking about? 
I don't want to talk about lowering taxes. I want to talk about more violence on TV. <laughs> that was what he wanted, was more violence on TV. Yeah. Um, so 2012, this was Obama versus Romney, right? Yeah. And he's Which definitely not parodying Romney. Yeah, he's not Romney. <laughs> but I think it's still insane that Romney was ever even, like, it's just crazy that he was an actual presidential candidate. And that they were they were actually like, we could win with this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's a pretty interesting time back in 2012, and it's a pretty interesting time now. So they made these shorts back in 2012. Um, Mike Judge and Terry Crews and I think Ethan Cohen, Ethan Cohen, um, the other writer, they got together and they were going to make some more shorts for, I think, the 2016 election. Um, which oh, would have been cool. That I mean, would have been, cool. been an even better election to parody. Yeah, and definitely. they were all super pumped about it. And Terry Crews like, was excited about the it. The 2012 election was, was nothing. It. it was completely forgettable. Like, right. Like, <laughs> it was the most, you know, <laughs> bland election. But anyway, um, so they were all pumped about it. And Ethan Cohen was apparently so pumped that he started, like, you know, trumpeting around town that he is going to write these anti-Trump shorts and a lot of executives got really unhappy about that and kind of shut them down. And also at that point, Mike Judge and Terry Crews kind of soured on the idea because uh, Terry Crews gave an interview about it. And he was like, look, I don't want to make fun of or make anti anything. I want to make fun of everything, right? And I think that kind of shows in the idiocracy humor, like we already talked about how yeah. you know everyone gets a turn. And he was like, that's just such a bad way to put it that we're making anti anybody. Right. Shorts. He's like, of course we're going to get shut down. <laughs> yeah. So it's probable that they were just making fun of presidential candidates and elections in general. Yes, right? I think that's probably Obama. it in the first okay. one. But also, I think the first ones could be interpreted as making fun of Obama, and maybe that's why they didn't get canceled. Because <laughs> um, the ones that were going to make fun of a Republican got canceled for whatever reason. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I have I have one more thing I want to talk about. This doesn't really fit into any of my theories. I just, it's like my favorite part of the movie. Throughout the movie, Rita keeps saying, she's like, she keeps referencing her pimp, Upgrade. She keeps saying he's going to get her. Like at the beginning of the movie, when they wake up, she says, oh man, it's been 500 years. Upgrade gonna kill me. He gets mad when I'm a day late with his money. <laughs> and then uh, Joe tells her that Upgrade can't be here. <laughs> it's 500 years in the future. And she says, Upgrade don't care where the time machine is. Now then, last week, he will find a way to come get his money. <laughs> so she's very confident in Upgrade's abilities to come and get her. Later in the movie, she says, uh, she's talking to Joe, and it's kind of like a, a more subdued moment between them. And she says, all I know is I better find Upgrade before he finds me. And Joe says, listen to me, Upgrade cannot find you, okay? It's impossible. <laughs> and she says, oh, yeah? <laughs> and he says, yeah. yeah. Later, a rock is thrown through their window. And she says, oh, shit, it's Upgrade, <laughs> right? Like, she immediately thinks it's him. <laughs> um, and then at the very end of the movie, after it's an after credit scene, and I mean after credits. Like, it's not just after, right. like, yeah. the beginning credits it's like they do nowadays. It's yeah. at the very end before the film cuts out. <laughs> um, they cut to a pod sitting in the garbage, which slowly opens, and Upgrade is inside. <laughs> he gets up, shakes off his clothes, grabs his hat, and says... I'm going to find this hoe. <laughs> then walks away with music blasting. <laughs> Which is logically <laughs> foreshadowed in the 
it is. the story yes, of the movie. Because, because the guy... really good friends with the guy <laughs> who was running the program. <laughs> yes. So it would make sense that he might put him in it. one it's of his I just love it. It's so pods. consistent. <laughs> it made, like the first time I saw the movie, I was not sure about it. I, I kind of felt like you. Where I was like, this movie's not that funny, but it is clever. Then that scene happened after the credits. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like my favorite movie. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> For them to carry that upgrade thing from the start to the finish and then have it pay off after the credits, beginning to end of the movie. This is about upgrade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I love that. That's my favorite part of the movie. I love it. All right. Well, All right. I think we're theory. ready to wrap this up. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, okay. We'll do both theories. What do you think of the Camacho is portrayed as the perfect leader theory? I think that you have good evidence to uh, support it. And I think yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> I don't hey. necessarily think that's what they were intending when they wrote it. But I, I think know, it's man. I think it's a good maybe it was. I just don't know. But I, the, as I far as the other clear, one goes, clear as day. All right. Yeah. The other theory. What do you think of the uh, Camacho is a Democrat theory? Yeah. Well, I mean, I definitely agree with you on that. Like, I think that is definitely what he's leaning toward. I don't know if they actually have those political. Right. I uh, wish I could answer that. Parties I don't know if there's Democrats in that time period. But I definitely think that you are correct, that that's that's what he's more aligned with. All right. Well, there we go. That's two thumbs up. You heard it here. No, yeah, uh-huh, sure. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> well, thank you so much for tuning into the Popcorn Isn't Real. We had a lot of fun yeah. discussing this awesome movie, and we will see you next time. This has been Leif Eric and Torvald, and we'll see you later. See ya. Thank you so much for listening. Opening music for this episode was provided by Christine. If you want to see how our theory holds up, we provide links in the episode description where you can enjoy the media we discuss. And if you like our podcast, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe on whatever platform you get your podcasts. And remember, the popcorn isn't real.